Next Sunday, the first Sunday in July, our choir will begin their annual summer sabbatical. We will miss you while you are not in the choir loft. Grateful for all the ways you help to lead us in worship, ways in which you support the singing of the people of God. And we thank you for all the hours you give to create these beautiful moments for all of us and hurry back into the choir loft. <laughs> the peace of our Lord be with you. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Only do not use that freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. Every three years, the lectionary places in our path those words from Paul's letter to the Galatians. And every time they roll back around, they take me back to a conversation Barbara Brown Taylor once had with the head librarian at the Divinity School at Yale University. After searching repeatedly for some books which were nowhere to be found, Reverend Taylor approached the librarian and said, why are so many of your books unaccounted for? To which the librarian replied, theft. In fact, he continued, here at the Divinity School, our annual library losses by theft are higher than at the medical school or the law school. To which Barbara Brown Taylor replied, but this is the Divinity School. How can that be? To which the librarian replied, it's that grace thing. You people think you're already forgiven, so you just take whatever you want. <laughs> Which is exactly what Paul is trying to guard against in this morning's epistle passage. After four chapters of reminding the Galatians that we are saved, not by our works, but by God's grace, it occurs to Paul that people might take that grace thing as a license to live any way they please. Prompting Paul to say in this morning's epistle lesson, For freedom Christ has set us free. Only do not use that freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence but through love become slaves to one another. Use that freedom to become slaves to one another. With those words, Paul describes a truly spirit-filled, 
Spirit-led, Spirit-governed, Spirit-guided life. The life of those who hold themselves to the sternest of standards in what they say and do, while simultaneously looking at other people with nothing but boundless love, understanding, welcome, and grace. We have all known some people who live that way. People who know they are free in Christ, but who do not use that freedom for self-indulgence, but who choose instead to become slaves to one another. People who will not use any verse of Scripture on someone else's life until they have applied every verse of Scripture to their own life. People who demand nothing but holiness from themselves and give nothing but grace to others. People who get up every morning and live the kind of life which is so beautiful that the rest of us have to have God in order to explain how they got that way. People who, without an ounce of external regulation or motivation, live a life of holiness and righteousness while simultaneously loving others as generously as God loves all. A life which would be impossible for ordinary folk like you and me were it not for the Spirit of God at work in our lives. But here's the thing. With the Holy Spirit, it is not only possible for us to live that kind of life, but if we get up every morning, day after day, and ask God to help us walk in the Spirit, it can eventually become impossible for us not to live that kind of life. If we intentionally, prayerfully walk in the Spirit day after day, all through 
the day, what this morning's epistle passage names as the fruit of the Spirit, will eventually become the habit of our lives. Truthfulness, kindness, generosity, gentleness, and self-control will gradually become the muscle memory of our soul and eventually the life we once thought was impossible for us to live will become impossible for us not to live. we will become truthful, gentle, generous, and kind. Not because we have to be that way in order to get God to love us, but because we can't not be that way because we're walking in the Spirit. We're getting up every morning of our lives and asking God to help us walk in the Spirit. Sometimes I wonder if we're too proud to do that. If we're just too proud to get up in the morning and just say, God, today, will you please help me to walk in the Spirit? If we get up every morning and ask God to help us walk in the Spirit, and then keep all through the day asking God over and over again to help us walk in the Spirit, I believe that our lives will be changed. And we will become truthful, gentle, generous, and kind. Not because we think we have to be that way in order to get God to love us, but because we can't not be that way. Not all at once or once and for all, but slowly, Slowly, little by little, step by step, we change. What we say changes. What we think changes. How we react changes. Our texts, emails, and Facebook 
posts change. What we laugh at and joke about changes. Who we instinctively sit down with and stand up for changes not because of any law or rule, threat of punishment or hope of reward. In fact, we no longer think in those terms. We no longer even know how to think in terms of some external restraint or motivation. Because we've been walking in the Spirit so intentionally for so long that slowly, quietly, little by little, the same life we once could not have imagined ourselves living has somehow become the life we can't not live. A life so thoughtful, mindful, gentle, generous, and kind that now other people have to have God in order to explain how we got that way. A life which without the Spirit of God at work in our lives we could not live, but which with the Spirit of God at work in our lives, we can't not live. Amen.